This is CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. My name is Sonia Booth. I remember back in 2010, she's laughing already. <laughs> She doesn't even know what I'm about to say, but yeah. Mm, anyway. I have an idea. Mm, okay, let's move along. Mm. So let me start again. <laughs> I remember back in 2010, as she walked into the banqueting hall mm-hmm. where the interviews were taking place, I was one of the judges mm-hmm. for the Miss South Africa pageant. <laughs> Striking beauty duck chocolate. <laughs> With a presence that exuded class, elegance, and all things regal. She was vivacious, still is, super confident, was, still is, and it's no surprise she walked away with the crown. Don't mess your makeup now. But now, six months prior... Sipiwa Shavalala scored that incredible goal for South Africa in a World Cup match against Mexico. Hmm. Mm. So a lot of magic happened in 2010. 2010. It was a very special year for this guest. Bokang, Munchan, Mm -hmm. Shabalala, Mrs. Shabalala. (laughs) Welcome to the Opinion Brief. Thank you so much. Thank you. Are you the motivation behind that goal? And truth, uh, no, truth, not whole even truth, whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> not even, hey, funny enough, not even. But I think it's because of that goal that we ended up actually meeting, and because of the crown that we ended up actually meeting. Because yeah, uh. he was leaving from an interview with regards to that goal being chosen as one of the top ten goals by FIFA, and yes. I was walking in with my new crown as a newly crowned uh, Miss South Africa for an interview, and that's how we got to meet. So uh, yeah, the universe—it's mm. amazing how that works. <laughs> I mean, it was an incredible year for the two of you. Oh, yes. Everybody knows about that goal. Even people who don't watch soccer oh, yeah. or who don't support football and people, even those who didn't even know there was a World Cup in South exactly. Africa know about that goal. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just, uh, the dudes upstairs, uh, has a way of just, you know, uh, Throwing and showering you with favor. And I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, this guy's known all over. We go on holiday Shabba. and people, yeah, we go on holiday and people know. I'm like, <laughs> you know, we laugh about it because we're like, oh wow. And we're hoping for peace here I that know. nobody knows you here, you know, but yeah, it's, it's God's blessings and favor and it's humbling. It's very humbling. Pictures, one, yeah. two, left, right and center. It's, it's quite humbling. Yeah. Now, speaking of football. Mm-hmm. Why weren't you a part of that reality TV show called Dusky Divas? Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, very simple. I'm my own person. Um, I've worked hard to be where I am. And um, for me personally, I think we're different because we all want different things as individuals. But I think for someone like me who who feels I'm self-accomplished, I wouldn't want to be on a show uh, just for the sake of association with a man. You know, and at the time we're not even married. I don't even think I'll do it now, even though we're married. But I just felt like I don't want to be known as somebody's girlfriend or mm. as somebody's wife. I'm my own person. You know, yes. <laughs> and I think, um, and I think it's, it's, it's important for us as Basadi, you know, as women to be able to stand on our own. Hence the title of the show is Power Yes. Off. Yes. Because I only invite very, very, um, <laughs> what do you call them? I call them women of substance. Ah, oh, thank you. Self-assured <laughs> women yeah. who don't need a man. Not at all. Love. I'm going to give you a half-half <laughs> after this. Now, as an EP, executive producer of, yes. uh, it's Pulse TVA, yes. right? What does the TVS stand for? 
Uh, television and film. Television and film. Yeah. It's a production house. Yes. Now, as an EP, what is your opinion on the types of shows that continue to trend, especially of note? I mean, for example, Umdeni, giving us a glimpse into the life of a male Sangoma who is a priest and who happens to be married to three men. Riazotella, a show that reminds me of Jerry Springer mm-hmm. and being hosted by a bishop. Um, um, I think it's a very uh, complex question. And one, first of all, I I just don't like shows that make us African people look um, dumb half the time, or uh, that make us look uh, like hooligans most of the time. Or, and I think we live in a time where people don't really want want to watch things that make them think. You know, people want to watch, uh, you know, things that are easy on the eye. And, but I think it's more psychological than anything because funny enough, we enjoy watching women have cat fights. Why? You know, um, we buy the Sunday papers each and every single Sunday in and out. Why? Because there's probably a young African celebrity that's being criticized or broken down or, you know, or brought to shame. And we can't wait for Sunday. We want to buy those papers. I think it's more psychological more than anything. I just think we don't love ourselves enough. And hence, we enjoy watching such shows. Uh, hence, we find joy in watching women on a show instead of empowering each other, uh, breaking each other down. Um, and I mean, on the business aspect of it, yes, of course, it brings in the money for any person who's an executive producer. But I think on the moral side of it, I think we still need a lot to do, you know, as Africans in our country. And uh, most of it comes from changing mindsets. And so for me, I mean, yeah, well, um, it's business. People have those kind of shows. And I just wish we were hungry and more hungry for shows that taught us something. You know, I would love to see um, our our people watching shows that um, help them in terms of how to be an entrepreneur. How do you start from nothing and end up with something? How do you approach big corporates to come and support you in your business? How do you, what are the ways of getting assistance, whether it's from gov- government institutions? I would love to see that because I know once you've seen that, then you have an idea as a young uh, black person, you've been informed. But um, we don't get to see any of that on our television screens. And I think it's such a shame. Programs such as uh, Shark Tank, I think. Yeah, yeah. As an entrepreneur, what is your opinion on the skinny socks <laughs> interview in which he demanded he demanded I demanded think, I, that five million rand investment? I, yeah, I think first of all, um, people don't understand how tough it is to be a young black person trying to do something. Um, and secondly, I think um, you know half the time. Actually, I'm sure eighty percent of the time, uh, some people are not as privileged as some of us. You know, um, when we started, uh, what we are practically going to discuss today, my husband has his income. I have my income from my other businesses. So it wasn't a do or die. You know, my livelihood didn't depend on whether this business works out or not. It was more about my dream and my passion. And for some person out there, it's all they have. Some person out there, um, you know, if things don't get together, 
they don't have money to pay rent. They don't have money to pay for their kids' school fees. And that can be pretty frustrating mm. for people. Um, I think he shouldn't have taken his frustrations, um, you know, to, to the public eye. Um, I don't think he doesn't have a right to be frustrated. I think he does, um, because it is quite frustrating. I mean, I've had a whole lot of frustrating moments, you know, uh, in, in, in my businesses. Um, but in terms of five million, first of all, um, I'm in the clothing industry manufacturing industry now and I'm not so sure about the 5 million and demanding it as well and that kind of attitude but I think um, I'm not excusing it but I think he must have been so frustrated in that moment in time and he really should have shouldn't have done the interview first of all because I think he just took all his frustrations out and I think what's bad now is that um, it would be very risky for any investor to take their money and invest in him why? Because uh, more than anything, I think one of the things that you need to learn when you become an entrepreneur is emotional intelligence. And I think he lost it a bit there. So, yeah. But I mean, my heart goes out to him. To him. He's a talented, charismatic young man. And yeah, my heart really goes out to him. And I think it's such a shame. And I think he shouldn't have done that interview at all. You've already touched on the difficulties of starting oh, yes. a business. And a lot of people are not aware what yeah. it truly takes. Yeah. Not only... From a business plan, but to actually be brave enough to take that, to take that plan mm-hmm. and actually execute. Oh, yes. That first step, whether you're going out there to look for funds mm-hmm. or you now knocking on doors, wanting to partnership, uh, to, to partner or collaborate. Yeah. What is your message to a young aspiring entrepreneur who is wanting to venture into business? I, I would say uh, go for it. I think if you have something that's really tangible that you feel like there's a gap in the market for it and you truly believe in it, don't give up. Um, I mean, we've had dozens of doors slammed in our faces, especially with this particular brand. But I mean, if anything, I would say, um, you know, I'm, I'm more of an energy and spiritual type of a person. So I would say the right time will, will come. And you just need to hold on, but don't give up. Don't keep knocking. You know, um, if 20 doors not, uh, slam, uh, you might just find out that the 21st one is the one. So I would say continue. I mean, for, for people like me and my husband, people know us. Um, and, um, I'd say people like us as well, but we still couldn't find any funding. So we literally took our own money, we saved it and started this and which was great to experience because I think more than anything, it's a great message to say you're not always going to find, uh, to find funding. Um, people won't always believe in what you're trying to do. People won't always support it and, and that's okay, you know, uh, but you just need to keep on keeping on and the right moment will come. You managed to get the Super Shaba and yes. uh, Princess Bukhan's kids <laughs> ranges. She's blushing. <laughs> the kids ranges into stores. I yes. mean, I want you to share, share on that journey. I mean, you've already spoken about despite the fact that you are a well-known couple, a powerhouse, yeah. but you each have your own brands, yeah. strong, solid brands. You still couldn't access the funding yeah. that you needed at that time. Talk to us about the journey the challenges, the setbacks, the trials, and finally the breakthrough mm. because you've seen the breakthrough yeah. now. That's why yeah. you're here. Yeah. I mean, uh, when we started off, first of all, we started off with the proposals and we literally went to retail and some people didn't believe in it. Some people did. And those that did, the contract was just not uh, favorable to us. And one of the most important things I've always said to my husband is if we're going to do this, we're going to make sure we own this. And it's very important that we stay with the rights of 
these two characters because this is our babies. These are our babies. You know, it's quite important to us. So along the way, we, 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 we were given opportunities and, um, some people would say yes, but because the contracts didn't look good, we still were like, no, it's fine. We'll pass. So hence I say we literally took our own money and we launched on our own. And how this happened was I took the products to Jet. And I said, this is who we are and this is what we do. And I literally just spoke from the heart. And I think there's nothing as beautiful as being authentic and being honest. And I think they saw that because already from the first meeting, it was like, listen, we want this. And I think it's extremely important for you to believe in whatever it is you're doing, you know, um, not doubt it at all. So, I mean, that's our journey. And we still launched on our own. And a year later, we, as you can see, we're in jet and it's just absolutely amazing. Amazing. And people look at you now and see that you're in stores and they think, nah, they have it easy because mm. of their names, yeah. as I've mentioned. Yeah. But people don't realize how you actually start. And I mean, I remember there was a time when you did pop-up stores yeah. at a yes. particular, at a particular yes. mall. Yes. So you, 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 you started some, it's not small. A pop-up store but in a mall is a great achievement, but it's still small, but it's, it's small compared to, you know, now being in a store, which for every manufacturer, yeah. every brand designer, they yeah. want to be in, yeah. in, in, in a store. So, because I, I want for you to emphasize, um, you know, being and, humble and, and the import exactly. Starting small. P- people don't some want of to us, start Some of us small. used to sell books from yes, the boots of our cars. Yes. And people don't want to start small. Nobody wants to look like a small business person. And I'm saying now, even as a former Miss South Africa, I was at a mall, at a pop-up store selling my stuff because I knew because I could see the bigger picture because I knew these, I, I was, I was, I, I could see it. It was there. It was in stores. I was like, I'm in a mall. Yes, I'm not in a store. I'm right here at a courtyard and I've got a little pop-up store, but it's going in stores even before I knew it was going to happen. And I think that's the problem. We, we have an issue of pride. Mm. You know, you can hear somebody saying to you, no, but to start this business, I need about a million. And you're thinking, no, honey, you need, ten, you need 10,000. With 10,000, you can start small. As long as you don't touch that money with the profits, you, you just keep growing and growing. And I think that is literally the, the, the problem with us young people. And I don't blame them because now we feel like there's just so many government institutions. They're there. And all we ever see in papers and in media is that they've given away 40 million to whoever. They've given away 50 million. So already, even when people write business plans, you know, the first thing, most people don't even, you know, ask for money less than a million. Because they just feel like, well, I mean, I might as well just get as much as I can. People don't want to start small. People don't want to be humble. People don't want to, you know, and, and that's, that's what you need to do when, when you love whatever it is you're doing and you can see the bigger picture. Sometimes you must just swallow your pride and start small. And that's okay because that's where I started. You spoke about the challenges, right? Yeah. Now, did all of that, cause you're in, you're in business with your hubby. Yes. Did all the trials, the tribulations, the doors being smacked in your faces as you went for proposals, knocking on doors, did all that shake your marriage or did it make it stronger? The reason I ask is because it takes an investment of time, effort, money to venture into business. And the fact is most relationships crumble due to financial stress, pressure and stress. I think with us, I mean... I, I, I truly believe that Spew is like literally my soulmate. 
and genuinely so because this guy has um all my weaknesses are his strengths and vice versa and um i mean there were moments when yes uh this would seem like it's not working out and i'll just be like oh my gosh i mean this is so important i mean this can change young people's lives blah 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 and we like love it's gonna happen you know and i think when he would have his moments i'd be like you know what managa listen we're gonna get this we're gonna get this so i think it has never shaken our marriage and um i don't remember any business deal actually uh you know shaking i remember actually there was one retailer that felt actually i should share this there is one retailer that literally felt like um you know obviously Spear is a bigger brand than me we all know that i mean everybody loves him you know he's a footballer and you know people watch soccer i mean the biggest sport it's, in it's a big sport hello, in the hello, world number one sport hello. in the world yeah <laughs> so they literally felt that uh, super shaba is a better fit with them instead of princess bokang right and we went home and we spoke about it so the first reaction for me from me was you know what love um it wasn't part of the plan but I feel that we should literally go with this. And once Super Shaba has done well, you know, then maybe we can go again and try out for Princess Bokang. He was like, no. He was like, no. The right people will see potential in you oh, just wow. as much as they see in me. And we left it. But I kept saying, and, and you know, for me, because I was the one putting all my time and energy into it. I was like, no, love, let's do this. It's okay. It's okay. He's like, no, it's not. This is a package deal. And I truly believe in it, this entire process has really made our marriage stronger. And I mean, it's like everything else we do, you know, at home, at work. And yeah, we really have a way of supporting each other. And he just gets me. And how nice is that? I'm a very complicated person, but he gets me. I I, I think I know how complicated you are. I think I, I I was with you. I think for a week at Sun City during the judging. But I, I call it I call it feisty. Yeah, you know, and, a bit. And yes, you know, not a bit. You, yeah, you're very feisty. Like you, you. One thing for sure about you, you're not a pushover. Not that, at all. That's for certain. Not at and all. And a lot of people can mis, misconstrue hey, English, misconstrue <laughs> that for. I don't know, like being pompous yeah. and aloof. Yeah. You, you're feisty. I don't, think, and, don't, don't change and, and, and I think, and I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. I think, um, I think it's okay to be a strong woman. Absolutely. And I think. And be unapologetic. Yes, about it. And I think that's okay. And I think, you know, I, I've seen a lot of women have to make themselves a bit small, whether it's for marriages. Listen, the right man who loves you will take you as you are as a package. You know, I always mm-hmm. laugh and I mm-hmm. say, shame. Amen. I'm telling you, he will be like, hey, come and he'll just I love it you. just the way you, she you, is. Yeah, you never have to tone anything down for somebody who loves you genuinely. And so, the yeah. The right person will love yeah. you just the way you so are. I am feist. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> blushing here. I'm like, oh, she's saying all, all the things I want to hear. It's like, keep talking, keep talking. Now, you and I know that representation matters. Oh, yes. And it is important. Oh, yes. Princess Bogang mm-hmm. embraces her Afro. I mean, yes. she's got massive hair for yeah. Africa. Your opinion on toddlers who wear weaves? I have a big issue with that. First of all, I mean, as a p- person who did pageants and for a very long time, if the one, if there's one thing I can't stand is watching little girls uh, get into pageants and have makeup on. 
or even weaves. And I feel like you're literally saying to that little girl, you're not good enough as you are. And, um, you know, I mean, the idea behind, behind Princess Bokang is she had to look like me. She had to be as brown as, as I am. She, she needed to have an afro on her head. And it was quite important because, you know, we want our African kids to embrace the color of their skin. Uh, we need to, to, to get rid of this whole, uh, the fairer you are, the prettier you are. Uh, we want our little girls to love the texture of their hair. I think from an extremely young age, we are taught our hair is difficult. It's, you know, you can't manage it. Oh my goodness. You know, and that's why this has to be done to it. That's why it has to be relaxed. And, and, and I'm just saying now we live in a world where there's just so many products that can help us with our natural hair. I want young little girls to love themselves, you know, and, um, and I've never taken what I'm doing for granted because uh, I've told the story in almost all my radio interviews and I've said, my mom used to have a nightdress that had teddy bears on top of each other in a cream color and there was a red one right on top and it was written one in a million and I just remember I would look at her wearing that nightdress and I'll always feel like yo I want to be a one in a million type of a girl so I know for sure it matters what kids are watching what they're wearing and what they're playing with and whatever it is they are playing with or watching or wearing is teaching them how to feel about themselves. And I think as a young black girl, if a definition of beauty is a, it's a white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. If I have to look at myself in a mirror and I don't see that, I won't think I'm beautiful. And that's a big problem for me. So we saw a gap in the market and we felt like, actually, why not? And we'll be telling real stories. You know, Princess Bokang is a girl from Rampatele, you know, and she gets the biggest crown in the country. She doesn't come from a royal family. And the most important part, she doesn't need a prince. She didn't need a prince to be a princess, which I think it's a very important message to teach to our little girls. You don't need a man. And the idea behind it is she got the crown before the prince. So the crown is a definition of success, of education or anything else you want in this world. And I think it's about time we start preaching that because if you watch all these princes characters you know they're either broke or poor or broken <laughs> until a prince charming comes along and on a whole day hello we need our girls to know they can save their own damn day I've hello seen a broke princess <laughs> they're all but that's the thing they all are you know and until a prince comes along then oh my goodness everything, everything is great everything is rosy you know and we need to change oh. that and you and and i mean it affects us because as little girls all we're thinking is Linyalo. I know. As a little girl, That's I mean, sad. I said to my husband, I'm like, love, I'm not going to have a problem the day I went to, cele- uh, to, to plan our celebration. He's like, why? I'm like, I've been dreaming about my wedding since I was a little girl. What do you think? I know exactly what I want I know exactly how I want it. And that is why that's all we think. But nobody teaches boys to think that way. So for me, this is why I'm doing this. And I mean, the story of Super Shaba, it's a boy who comes from Soweto. Starts with absolutely nothing and he becomes one of the greatest footballers, you know, and makes the entire continent proud. And I think that's a beautiful message to send, to send to our kids who grow up in townships. Because if you're from a township society, the world and the media says you're not good enough. It says you'll not amount to anything. You're either going to be a thug or you're going to go on drugs. So we need to change the message. And he didn't need to be bitten by a spider to be, uh, you know, super great character. All he needed was to be a person who had goals, who had dreams. And he went after them And that's what we're literally trying to You know, uh, spread You know, a message of hope Self-belief, self-confidence And self-love Which is very important You touched on something That I actually want to talk about You know, the fact that Young girls, we've been brought up To aspire to marriage mm. As if marriage is an achievement Yeah 
I've already spoken about you being a strong, solid brand as an individual mm-hmm. and your husband yes. equally in my mind. Yes. Equally. But I also love how you've both come together and created this SP powerhouse. Mm. Shaba yes. powerhouse. Yeah. What is your message to young girls in particular who mm-hmm. aspire to marry sportsmen under the illusion mm-hmm. that it will bring them this high life of the glitz and glam and everything is rosy and perfect and ah, oh, fabulous. <laughs> There's nothing like that. I think I, I literally uh, went for a guy who, has a, who he really has a good head on his shoulders. He was brought up quite well. And so he's always been responsible. So I definitely, you know, while we got to know each other, I assessed him out because, you know, I wanted to see if he's a responsible person or not. I mean, it literally took us two years before we could date. You know, he's, he had been asking me. I was like, no, no, you're not ready for me. Mm-mm. You know, and then two years later, I was like, okay, we can do this, you know. So um I think with regards to the perception behind uh people that are footballers, I mean, if you find somebody who's responsible, and um then great you know um but be careful don't be with somebody because of who and what they are you you literally need to be with somebody that you know you can build with and i think that's what i looked for it's important for you and your husband or you and your wife to 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 literally be a team and not just being a team at home i i mean it works for some people and for some people it doesn't work but for me because i've always known i never want to find myself in an office you know i'm the type of a person i wanted to create i wanted to do stuff like this I definitely needed somebody who's going to dream my dreams with me uh, who's going to walk the path with me and and I mean that's exactly what I have but I mean it's just an illusion there's nothing like it's a fancy love yes it could be fancy but you know it's short-lived and so hence I say you need a person who has a good head on their shoulders uh, who can plan well and you can literally sit down with them and say okay so what is the retirement plan because that's important because when a person has a short-lived career it means they're not always going to work just when the kids are supposed to start school that's when the career ends so what happens after that so mm. and and i think it's important as well even for the guys you know to 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 have girls who have good heads on their shoulders mm-hmm. you know get a smart girl you know and and so I think, um, yeah, and I think that's what I would tell them. You know, it's not about what a person does. It's about what you guys can do and build together. Yeah. Now, you created the Bogang legacy while you were still yes. at varsity. Yeah. What molded this forward-thinking, tenacious, <laughs> foxy Bogang? I mean, I was in varsity. I literally didn't have a normal varsity life. My friends still laugh at me all the time. They're like, literally when I'm 40, I'll be going out to parties and having fun. And You're going to do the husband. other way around. Yes. Marco Toreki stage later, you know. <laughs> because when I was in varsity... I was like literally working. I was doing as many promotions as I could. I was modeling, you know. Uh, I mean, almost every year I was like out of the country, end of the year for modeling. I was, I was just all over the place. And I think that's because I've always just had this vision, uh, you know. And the biggest thing behind Bakang Legacy is, um, I just wanted to empower women. I wanted a place where young women can come together and just talk, you know, and just learn and be empowered. And I, I think it's important for us people. I mean, back then, uh, I wasn't in any real position to, to give, you know, uh, knowledge or anything else, but you know, there's always something you can give. So I would share my little experiences of being like Miss UJ, you know, of being Miss Rivonia, you know, things like that, you uh-huh. know, and it, there's nothing as beautiful as just 
just empowering people and just knowing people can learn something from you. And so, yeah, and I mean, that's how it started. And now we do seminars for women, uh, across the country. We literally, you know, different backgrounds, different ages, different races. And it's just about women coming together and learning as much as they can in different uh, categories as well, whether it's business, entrepreneurship, whether it's beauty, because I think it's important as well. I think as Basadi, we, we tend to focus either on the family side too much or on the work and we tend to neglect ourselves. So I think it's always just really important for us to come back and come together and say, listen, it's also okay to be a bit selfish because I say men and I say it in, in a beautiful way. Men are naturally beautifully selfish creatures. And when I say selfish, like I'm saying, it's in a positive way. They know how to put themselves first. Absolutely. Put their careers first. Anything. A man will never Any. put his career you know, on hold for, for a relationship. But women, we turn to do that. And I think it's important for us to, to empower each other to a point where we know and, and I think maybe that's how God created us because we find it so difficult to be selfish. You know, maybe that's why men and women together makes such great sense because now the other one might be compromising, but I think we need to teach ourselves as women not to compromise ourselves too much. And I mean, it's the same thing as my husband. My husband got one of the biggest deals and dreams, you know, of playing uh, in Turkey. And when the time came, it was like, yo, we, you know, we spoke about it, we planned. And then the next thing was, of course, he wanted us to move with him. But now I had to decide and I would be like, no, I, I just, you know, I, let's work, let's work a timetable out. How many times I'm going to be in Turkey in a month? It's just so I get to do what I love, you know, and most women never ever do that. Most women would be, okay, I'll pick pack up my and bags leave. and we go. Yeah. And then you end up being in a foreign country. You don't know anybody. You don't have any friends and you have to watch this person wake up each and every single morning and do what Living he loves while you are sitting there mm. and all you do is cook and clean. Mm. And now you will end up being a miserable person and that can actually break a marriage because you're going to resent this man that I had to leave my whole entire life and everything else that I love behind just so I can support him. So with us, we found a nice balance. And I was like, okay, love, it's okay. We must just make sure there's a budget for me to come to Turkey whenever I feel like it. And that's fine. It's literally 10 hours away. We do it. But I get to push the business and I get to push my passion. That is profound. Yeah. That is profound. <laughs> Still on the subject of creating a legacy. Yes. There is the Bukam Munchani Foundation. Yes. What motivates you to give back? Oh my goodness. It is one of the most, I mean, um, I've never been told to do it, but I remember as a little girl, um, I would watch my dad, uh, take, he was a principal and I would watch him take kids you know, in the community where his school was to school. I mean, you know, school fees is a hundred rands a year and still parents complain. They feel like it's too much. And my dad will literally pay for these kids. And I truly believe in the saying of people learn what they live. And that's what I grew up watching. I have watched my mom and dad be the most giving people uh, to their relatives, taking care of people. And I think it just grows in you, especially if you grew up watching your parents do it and do it so effortlessly. And I mean, after Miss Essay, the biggest thing was um, I realized the impact um, that, you know, uh, you know, that came with the title and how, how, how great, you know, you can change people's lives. And hence I decided, you know what, actually, let me open my own foundation and do all the good work through my own foundation. And it is one of the 
most rewarding things. I mean, half the time you just, um, you, you call up the people that you already work with, you know, the big corporates, the different companies and you say, this is what I'm doing. And it's just effortless and literally can mean the world to somebody else. So, I mean, with, with regards to me, I just love it. I mean, the dare to dream campaign where we go to schools and we motivate kids. There's nothing as beautiful as standing in front of a crowd of young people and knowing that could have been me. Because they look like you. They come from where you come from. But the moment you stand there and you say, And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm a former Miss South Africa. I'm a businesswoman. I mean, it changes everything. The way they thought about themselves. The way they thought they never could. And, and for me, that's worth everything. You know, and I mean, we do so many things like school shoes, like sanitary towels, like, yeah, food packages. Like now it's December, so we'll be taking Christmas um, packages to families that are disadvantaged. And, you know, those are things we take for granted. True. We are at home. We're preparing a nice meal for our kids. There's somebody out there, you know. You just give them custard and jelly. You've made those kids' days. And 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 that's exactly what we're trying to do. And, yeah. And the most beautiful thing is I found a man who just loves giving as well. He actually has a good heart. So I've always been worried because I've always thought, you you know, um, I need to be careful who I choose as a husband because, hey, some guy might just not. But with him, he loves it. He thrives on it, you know, and, and even where we can't, he will go an extra mile of digging in his own pocket to make up for where we can't just so we can do good work. And I think for me, that's a blessing. That's, that's a, yeah, that's an amazing blessing. Hence, we always partner with the Bokamunjani Foundation and the Spia Shabalala Foundation. And yeah. Kudos to the both of you. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I mean, you. I can listen to you, you know, forever. <laughs> you, you are an incredible human being. Now, let me ask you a very difficult question. Yeah. What would you like written on your tombstone? <gasps> Shoo. <laughs> I know what I, w- I want to be wearing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told my husband, like he's a, like, oh, Mara, you're crazy. I'm like, hey. Like Aretha Franklin, yeah, who changed 11 know. times in a, in a casket. Oh, wow. I know exactly what I'll be wearing. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Sure, that's a difficult one. Hey, I, I feel like I feel like you're judging me I, from this essay again. And I know we had to make sure we chose the, the, the a very um, strong girl. Remember, oh, I think I would. Um, some of the things I would. Oh, yes, see, but now tombstone is so small. I literally, <laughs> I have a, I have a paragraph, a whole book. <laughs> I think somebody who lived a purpose-driven life, hmm. who gave. Who loved and fought hard to be, to make a difference and who inspired the African child and gave hope to the African child. I think that's very important. Those are some of the most important things to me. Yeah. And of course, a mom and a wife, you know, they'll add those. They'll add those. They'll so, fit yeah. them in somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Poor yeah. husband and baby. They'll fit <laughs> it in somewhere. Koshiradia Africa Bora. That means Queen of Africa. South, South yeah. Africa. Yeah. I don't need to tell you that the world is your oyster. You know mm. that. Women of your caliber continue to inspire some of us. You know, when we sleep on ourselves. <laughs> and we look at women like you who continue to achieve. I am proud to know you. And I don't want to mess up my makeup, but you are an amazing woman. Thank you. And I know a lot of young girls look up to you because you are, after all, a woman of substance. Continue on your path and do not be deterred by anything or anyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. My humble opinion. (laughs) She's she's still laughing, you know. (laughs) 
my humble opinion after all this is the opinion booth. <laughs> Do you and look after number one. More importantly, know that there is no expiry date to achieving your goals. Your dreams and aspirations are valid. Keep pushing. Thank you. Aspire so much. to inspire before you expire. Mm, yes. This is Cliffcentral.com.